Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are tackling the subject of micro-investing. What is it? How does it work? And what kind of habits can it create in tomorrow's investors today? Are they going to take a lot out of this? I'll see you in the show. Hey there guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mr. Mitchell Laurential. Thank you for having me on the show, Mr. B. And today's episode really is probably going to relate to more so my generation than yours. But I know you're an expert on the topic, so we'd love to get your take on this. That is the rise of the micro-investors. Platforms like Raise, Spaceship, for example, all the rage at the moment. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? And, and, and if we just take a snapshot of today's world, Companies that are leading the charge here are in sectors that didn't even exist just a handful of years ago and are really changing the investment landscape. So micro-investing, effectively, I guess a good place to start is what is it? Uh, and putting it in its purest and simplest term, uh, if you pay for a cup of coffee and it's $4.75, a micro-investing platform would let you round that up to say $5 and the 25 cents, only 25 cents, gets contributed to your investment account. And that in a nutshell is what micro-investing is. It doesn't sound a big deal, but it is massive. Well, if you think about how many times you buy a coffee, buy a sandwich, get the bus, go to the movies, go out for dinner in, in a week, mm. rounding up to the nearest dollar each time, pooling all those funds together and getting it invested over a year or two, five years time can actually work out to be quite a bit. Absolutely, so it, it, it's a painless way of saving. and. When you think about it, it knocks me that this isn't something I thought of. It's such a brilliant <laughs> business model. Um, you know, getting people to save when they're not used to saving or don't have the habit, and the habit's probably a term that we'll come back to uh, as we go through this, is very, very difficult. And what this has done effectively is put savings onto autopilot. And you're not going to miss 25 cents here or 40 cents there or 60 cents there. So it's a very painless way of getting that momentum going. Now, the really smart thing, what happens with these platforms, not only are you rounding up and having that money put into an investment account, it's not being held in cash, which let's face it, with interest rates as low as they are, is absolutely pointless. Instead, you can then invest them into various funds based on your risk profile, you know, aggressive or fairly conservative or somewhere in between, uh, or an ETF that's tracking the market, and then get your money growing for you. It's absolutely brilliant. And that's why I think the younger generation, people of my generation, absolutely love these kind of platforms. And look, looking at Ray specifically, I know there's, there's actually three ways that you can get yourself invested into ETFs, which we can probably touch on in a second mm. as to what that is and what that means. As a roundup, so you mm. spend $4.75, the 25 cents is then invested, a savings amount, so $100 per week goes into the fund, or just a lump sum investment. If you've got five grand in cash sitting there, there's no problem in just simply transferring that into mm. that account and them investing it into ETFs. Now, for those who don't know, what are ETFs and how do they work? Mm. I suppose an exchange-traded fund, or ETF to, to use the acronym, uh, it, it's really like a managed fund, albeit without the fee structure and, and a very easy ability to buy and sell units in that fund. So you might want to, for example, um, have uh, investments in the technology sector. So rather than buying Microsoft or Apple or Netflix or Tesla, Buying a technology ETF effectively gives you exposure to all of those stocks, just a very, very small slice of all of those stocks, but nonetheless a, a diversified portfolio of those investments, all in a very neat uh, and easy to track format. So you know, ETFs themselves have been one of the biggest growth areas in markets over the last sort of five to eight years. Combining that then uh, with the micro-investing platforms that they're teamed up with is just a perfect storm for growing. And, and I think the reason I love this sector as much as I do Getting started in investing, you always think, well, you got a, if you've got a small amount of money when you're just starting, I sort of think back to when I was just starting out, you haven't got much cash. And so going down the traditional channels is almost cost prohibitive. If you don't have over five or $10,000 or $20,000 or whatever the buy-in might be for the particular investment you want, you go, well, I don't have it. 
there's no point in doing it, I'll just get on with something else. And, and, and it's a door that becomes slammed in your face. Uh, having a platform like this where you can gradually chip away and build into it subconsciously on the, on, just all running in the background where you're just going about your everyday business of you know, enjoying your life and spending money on whatever you spend it on is just a painless, simple, um, barrier-breaking process. As I say, I'm a huge advocate for getting people started in investing. And if we look at the number of new people that have gotten into the stock market in the traditional way, open a broking account, buy shares, has gone through the roof over the last 12 months. But that demographic has also shifted massively. There are a lot more younger people getting involved with investing. And part and parcel of that has been in no particular order. Number one, um, crypto. Uh, and, and, and things in that space. Uh, it, it's been something that's been inviting for less traditional investors, people that perhaps are a little bit more innovative and keen to try something that's new, younger demographic, and they've got started and made some great money in many cases. Secondly, um, that ability to gamify through various trading platforms. You know, you've seen Robin Hood in the US and, and, and Wall Street Bets and, 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 for and so on, which have, have, have made it very, again, with, with low transaction fees or zero transaction fees in some instances, um, for someone that's new with a small-sized account to be able to get a bit of a go in the stock market and have a feel for how it's been. And look, the last 12 months in the market's been phenomenal anyway, so it's been a great time to be doing that. So you've got younger people coming into investment markets anyway, uh, either through traditional markets using uh, the gamified platforms or into crypto, which is a different market altogether. And now with uh, micro-investing, investing in traditional markets, but in a very non-traditional manner where there's no, oh, better save some money and put into my investment account. It's just done automatically. You don't need to think about it. It's done. It's so clean. It's beautiful. It's, it's funny you say that. I've actually done a lot of portfolio reviews with a, with a number of our new clients mm. who have had money invested in Rays or spaceships. There's some pretty interesting portfolios in there. They've got exposure to emerging markets, tech, the market itself, bonds. I mean, these are pretty fair income portfolios that are very well diversified. To play devil's advocate and put you on the spot here, yeah. AB, if you are investing every time you spend, mm. is that encouraging more spending? I don't think we need any more encouragement in that space when we look at consumer spending, but I don't necessarily think it's the case. I mean, it's a byproduct of, I mean, if you're rounding up five or 20 cents on a $10 purchase, it's, it's almost immaterial. Right. And, you know, we, we are in a largely cashless world now. And if you think about it, you pay for something with $10 and it was $9.80, now you've got 20 cents floating around in your pocket that you've got to put in a drawer somewhere and you know, it's just a hassle. Having it done in that way where it's online through a credit card, for example, it, it's just... It's just a very simple, clean methodology. I don't think it's encouraging people to spend more. It's encouraging people to save subconsciously. And I'm a huge advocate for saving. If I, if I look in my household, like my eldest two kids are five and six, and we've now got them in a weekly process, whereas they've, they've got some money they've been given. And, and if they do chores, you know, we've got a farm. So, you know, if they do a few bits and pieces to help out and do different things, we can get a bit of slave labor. Um, <laughs> Docs will be listening to this. Um, and if they, if they don't spend their principal, their, the, the savings that they've got, I give them a dollar each a week. So they're, now, interest so they're learning savings. about interest and they're learning about a return on principal. Now, if they eat into that uh, principal that they have, they buy something, a book or something like that, I'll pro rata what I pay them. So I might give them 50 cents. Or if they've gone pretty heavy, maybe they bought a toy and a book, um, <laughs> then they get 10 cents. And, it's, and they're working out because they've learned numbers. Um, hang on, how can I have, you know, to quote Bluey, $1 buck over here, but I've only got 0.1 of a dollar buck over here. Uh, and it's because you've spent your principal and you never spend your principal. It's the most basic form of investment training. Now, 
I'm not conditioning my kids to become Warren Buffett. It'd be nice if they did. They'd better pay for my retirement if I can't muster the funds <laughs> together myself. But yeah, the reality is these are the lessons that you can implant at such an early age. Now, they're five and six. Using a credit card to do this is going to be someone that's 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, going through through a little bit older. So you're getting to those people a little bit later, but you're doing it in a way that's just the same. They're getting a return on their um, principal without touching their principal by putting it in an investment account. And if you can condition people early to save, uh, they're going to be good investors. If you're someone that spends everything you've got, you can't invest if you have no money. So it, it's, a, it's, it's just use technology as an overlay to reinforce the age-old principle of saving and then getting that money working. So, you know, that's what I'm doing with my kids at a, a very grassroots level. And as they get older, um, you know, I'm getting broken accounts set up for them, I'll buy shares for them and different things in that, uh, in that space. But getting that type of autopilot removes the burden on parents. And let's face it, not all parents are fiscally responsible. Um, so, you know, if you haven't taught your kids the value of money, this is a way where technology can come in and replace that lack of financial uh, nous that they have from their parents and, and, and put it in the 21st century context. It's, it's hard to find a problem with it. It, it, it really does foster good habits, mm. but it's done for you. Yes. It's a perfect situation. Yep. Now, the question I'd like to ask you, AB, in practicality as a young person, let's say someone like myself in mm. my 20s, what would be your advice if you did want to go down the pathway of micro-investing and specifically in terms of your level of aggression and yeah. risk tolerance because as much as it's invested for you, you still have flexibility mm. where you'd want that roughly. Look, everyone's got their own attitude to risk, Mitch. You know, and when you're younger, typically we're more aggressive than as we get older. Um, so, you know, you would expect to see your portfolio probably skewed a little bit more toward risk on uh, if you're younger. Um, so, you know, I'd go pretty hard. What's the downside? Yeah, a couple of grand that you didn't even realize that you were saving and forgot you had, and you've got a whole lifetime ahead of you to make it back. But you get that couple of grand working hard, that couple of grand becomes four, five, eight, ten. And at that point in time, this is an interesting one. Uh, the micro-investing is a great way to get started and build that momentum up. But at some point, I'd move from being a micro-investor to a macro-investor, if that makes sense, and say, look, when my micro-account gets to, say, five grand, uh, I'm going to pull that out and put that into something more traditional uh, so I can learn a new skill set along the way. And in the meantime, be reseeding that micro account with all your spending to bring it up to a, a level again and, and just keep washing and repeating that process as you're building your assets. That, that would be the approach I would take with it. And as you get older and you start earning more too, you therefore would spend a little bit more as well and therefore there's more pilot into that, into that investment account yep. as well. When you talk about becoming a macro investor, mm. what does that exactly mean? Because it's very easy to do it via an app and they do it for you, mm. but when push comes to shove and you've actually got to hit the button yourself, it's not as easy, right? Brings a different skill set, but I think also if you've got someone that's gone through from starting from day one scratch with a micro investing account where they've started to save some literally pennies to turn into dollars to turn into you know, significantly more than that, you've started that journey, that momentum has begun. And whilst you've probably leapfrogged a lot of people in your generation if you're doing that versus someone that isn't a saver and is just spending, you, you, you've had that early growth spurt. But it's very, very easy in life to plateau and go, okay, this is what I do, and, and you kind of plateau. I'd always encourage people to invest in themselves and learn new skill sets. You know, there's plenty of books, plenty of podcasts like this, or uh, and plenty of courses out there that you can take to expand your skill set to make sure that you don't plateau. So get the ball rolling, learn how to save, see how investing works in terms of a return on it. Take that money, invest in your education to learn how to put that on steroids, if you will. Uh, the, the, the flip side of that, of course, is you're going to go from having something that's on autopilot that you don't have to think about to something you have to be more hands-on with. And I think being hands-on with your money, provided you've been educated, is absolutely key. 
you know, have that monthly date night with your money that we talk about to see how you're tracking. Continue to build out new skills and, and look at new asset classes that resonate with you. You know, a lot of people, that goal will be to get into property at some point in time. You know, that's the place at the moment. Maybe without the bank of mum and dad backstopping it, it gets a little bit harder. But if you're showing the willing of being able to save and then taking those savings and, and turning it into a greater amount with an end game of being able to get your deposit together to get into property, that's going to be far better than just having a traditional savings account at the bank earning 0.1% a year that does nothing, doesn't engage you in any way, gives you really no reward on a real basis, and you go, well, why bother? So with this mechanism, you're doing something that you can see there's a trajectory to take you forward. But I would kick that gear in that when you get to a certain amount in your, mac in your micro account, use that funding to learn how to take that next leg up. Your income it's probably gone up over that period of time too, so you've got more to work with and start parlaying that into other forms of investment. But this is a brilliant sort of um, start button in the car, if you will, to get the momentum going, the engine turning over and to actually get people saving. It's the best thing ever in that regard. Get people saving and then getting them to invest with those savings is the key to being free financially. It's hard to find fault in these, really. And I think- and, you... and I'm sure there will be. I mean, you can go through and put the put it under the microscope and go, oh, there's a hidden fee here or is this and that there? Or you know, look at the data that they're collecting on your spending habits. Of course, there are gonna be people that look through that lens. Rather like you know, having the Commonwealth Bank uh, coming into uh, schools you know, through Dolomites and teaching kids to save. Now, they've been kicked out of Queensland schools because it's a branding exercise, but it's been a very effective way of educating people on how to save. You can choose which bank you want to go with. You may stay with the Commonwealth, you may not. In just the same way, yes, there's a flaw in, in, in financial institutions going in and providing education for kids. You're going to see that, oh, they're just brainwashing them into their brand. But there's not just a flaw, there's a positive to it too. And this is just the same. So there are going to be some issues in there. Of course there are. But the bigger picture of getting people that maybe traditionally aren't great savers uh, to be able to do so in a painless, subconscious, autopilot mechanism that then is building into something from an investment perspective is a massive milestone in, in the investment journey. And it's an example of a brand new sector that you know, didn't exist five or eight years ago. And, and yet now it's at the vanguard of, of, of where we're talking today and where investor focus really should be. It's, it's a fantastic area. Vanguard, good ETF I heard too to invest in as well. Can be. Uh, look, and I think just to, just to cap this off, AB, we talk about, and we have plenty of times in broadcast mm. prior, the Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrant. Mm. And the whole idea is that we have become an investor long term, but yep. bolting that on to wherever you are in life. And if you're young, you're an employee for the most part, I'd say for, for most people, all of a sudden that investor tag has been bolted on you so seamlessly and so easily that by the time you get to someone of your age, you know, 90, 100, 120, you're ready to rock and ready to retire. Well, after that conversation, <laughs> I think I might just do that. I think if we were to come up with Rays or, or Spaceship, we would be retired by now. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a brilliant transition to encourage people to get started earlier. There are very, very, very low barriers to entry for it. And, and all of those things are huge positives. Take that money that you've built there, pile it into something better and bigger and, and more sustainable, and particularly invest it in your knowledge to know what you're doing. And you're gonna have a life that really gives you choices that you wouldn't have had otherwise. It's easy to spend now and enjoy that dopamine hit of that immediate gratification, but that fades away pretty quickly. Um, if you're building something that's more sustainable long-term, you think, oh, how can, you know, saving 15 cents, surely you can't talk about that changing your life. But if you do that on every transaction and you invest it smartly, you know, watch the pennies, they add up. And uh, you, know, you can be penny wise and pound foolish. Look after that small amount of money, let it grow, pour plenty of water on those green shoots, and create the habits 
the, the, the mindset and the habits, the muscle memory of, look, it's important to save and then get those savings working rather than being held in cash. And that's how savvy investors see the world. And that's why savvy investors have probably made more money over the last 12 months uh, than most people out there because they've seen an opportunity and they've had the firepower to take advantage of it and they've capitalized on it big time. And that's a, that's a success story in itself, but it starts at the very beginning. Get people young, get them early, get them with no barrier to entry and get them cracking with something like this and then parlay that into something bigger. Can't endorse it enough. From little things, big things grow. So I've heard, thank you AB, great advice, even better rundowns, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, Mitch, thanks very much. There you go guys, make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to seeing you on next week's show.